Craig, man, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, man. I just realised, I think that's how I start off every single podcast when I'm talking to someone. <laughs> I like and it. It's and like I always a... say man all the time. I need to stop that because I've listened to the last few back and I'm like literally man every two seconds <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, people are going to think that's annoying. So I need to... If you hear me saying man too much, just say, just remind me. <laughs> I just, I'll, you can put like a, a pound in the swear jar. I'll be, I'll be rich. I'll be rich. <laughs> So, thanks for coming on today. I was literally just about to say it again. Uh, thanks for coming on today. <laughs> I know you had a bit of a busy day in terms of like lockdown and that, but, you know, we we'll, may as well just start off with a lockdown chat since it's the biggest thing in everyone's life right now. So, how's yeah. it been for you the last eight weeks? Um, I mean, personally for me, if I'm honest, it's it's been easy for me um, just because basically I just have to not be a dick, <laughs> just like behave myself. So um, I, I like, uh, it's obviously, re- I, it's really tough on most people. Um, but I, I've, 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 I find it quite easy to like film my spare time and stuff like that. So I've, I've managed to stay busy and uh, yeah, managed to kind of like quell off the boredom. Obviously, I'm sure we'll speak about it, but like doing a lot of like the like home workouts and stuff like that is has been like a bit of a godsend um that's what i like yeah. to hear yeah no generally it has been and uh, i've been like using the time i have been uh, like allowed outside to kind of go like a run and stuff like that because yeah. um so yeah if i'm honest uh i can't i, I wouldn't say like i've enjoyed it because i feel like that's, that seems like a, a bit like uh insensitive but I, <laughs> I i think out of like like out of most people uh i think i've got it quite easy um okay. so, so nice that, well, that's good I'm, I'm looking forward to being over as well don't get me wrong yeah, but sure. um yeah i've uh i think i've got like a, a pretty good balance of it so far well, that's good man you know you, you expect you ask that question everybody just to be like oh it's so shit um <laughs> so to hear that you're not finding it that bad is, is really good um how have you found that you're is it like altered your life drastically or is it not too different because uh, obviously you're in a band that's your job so you know has it has it massively changed your routine or is it pretty similar um i mean the, the main thing that I can't do is go play the drums so that's like the one thing that I'm really missing um is doing that when when we're at home to be fair I'm pretty lucky like I do I have like the band has a studio and I've got a, my own little studio as yeah. well um and uh we do kind of treat it like a job and go down like you know like every day I, yeah yeah, yeah. So I'd uh, like I could if I wanted to, I could just sit at home. Um, so, so yeah, like, I mean, my routine is really different, but there's not much we can do at home really, apart from I'm, I'm missing most of the, most of the things I would do at the studio I can do here. So I've brought like a guitar home and I do a little bit of photography stuff. So I've brought like that stuff home. Amazing. But yeah, the only thing I'm really missing is playing yeah. the drum. This must have been the longest you've went without playing drums then. Yeah, ever. generally, <laughs> I, I think since I started playing, this will easily like be the longest. I'm a little bit worried, actually, because <laughs> I'm like, I've not played. I'm like, I wonder if it will just I'll forget how to do everything. But um, uh, yeah, I'm hoping maybe like maybe like by the end of this month or something, I'll be allowed to go back and stuff like that. So 
Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed. Awesome, man. Do you have anything in the house? Drum, drum I see people with like electric kits and stuff. Do you have that, or do you just would you just use the I've drums in the studio? I've got a practice pad. Bang I just, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, pretty much. I've got <laughs> because it's like a. I live in a, a, a third floor flat. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think my neighbours already don't like me, uh, yeah, for and sure. I don't I don't make any noise really. So if I played drums, it would, <laughs> it would be horrible. So I, I brought I, a practice pad home. I remember uh, when I first started in a band when I was like fifteen, and the uh, we were all in the same kind of uh, community, obviously as kids, and went to the same school and stuff, and we just jammed and the drummer's bedroom, like full band, amps, <laughs> drums. And it was like, a, obviously like a normal of like, you know, lots of houses. And looking back, we were like, how did anyone put up with that? Because we were like doing it every day and it must have been so loud. Like, swear to God, man, the whole street must have heard us. We hours. I can't like, I was thinking about that. Um, there must have been like, when I was doing a podcast with Callum or just after that, because we were talking about younger days in that and i'm like how did anyone put up with that shit <laughs> we uh, played all the time it's insane i remember we put all, everything in my garage once because we wanted to be like those american bands like jamming in the garage and that <laughs> yeah and we actually put a gig on in my garage and like we, we were telling all the kids around there a bit i'm i'm so like we were 15 i'm talking like we're telling like all the 10 year olds and that like come on a gig man and like mosh and stuff and uh, like they came and there was like six kids man in our garage and then like 10 minutes in like the neighbors were like what the fuck are you doing Steve, you stop and my mum literally said can you not just turn the drums down <laughs> i guess i mean do you know what like, no. <laughs> that would be brilliant if you could it would be i would, uh, I would buy that drum kit but uh yeah, I had the kind of same thing. I, when the band started, we practiced in my, in my house. And then when I go back I to my know. parents, I'm like, why Why did they ever let that happen? How, it was just how like, did they like, that, man? I know. And we were really bad as well. It wasn't like we were good then. Yeah, I was, was going like, to say, we were awful, man. Their instruments, so it must have been horrendous. Yeah, yeah, we were playing like these awful Linkin Park and Papa Roach covers. And like, we must have been driving. Uh, David's mum insane but um, so what you do you jam on the guitar a lot? Yeah yeah like I've, a couple of years I've always wanted to try and learn guitar and a few years ago um, I bought one and uh, actually I actually have quite a few guitars now but I, I kind of started buying them without uh, learning how, <laughs> how to play the first one <laughs> so I'm try- this is that lockdown has been good for that as well like uh, I've been playing a lot more guitar than I probably would have so yeah kind of I'm still really bad but I'm less bad than I was yeah that's cool I'm the same like you know I try to play as much as I can but with the hours I work I'm home late so I don't tend to play guitar really late for the neighbor's sake um so especially the first kind of four or five weeks man I was playing so much guitar and singing a bit and stuff Um, I've not been doing it as much again just wary of like noise and stuff like that yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been great for that because I've definitely jammed more and I've learned more songs and um, mm. I'm buzzing to be able to, you know, we had the pop punk karaoke we were meant to play in mm. April, that got cancelled. Me and Calum were meant to play another acoustic show, that got cancelled. So, you know, hopefully these things will get rearranged and then we can just start jamming again when we can get back to normal. 
Can you hear me yeah. all right? Can you hear me all right? Sorry, man. The, uh, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if it's the Wi-Fi. It's been a bit dodgy or something. I think uh, maybe it could be mine actually as well. I don't know. Do you know what? I could try go on my like stream it from my phone. Like not. Uh, I could try and go on my phone. It's, it seems all right now, man. Yeah. If, yeah. It gets really, if it gets really bad, I'll maybe go through to my bedroom because that's where my router is. <laughs> it's okay. been mine, but it, should, it seems okay now, man. Okay. So, okay. So, we're going to talk about a number of things today. You are obviously a musician and you're drumming to an Atlantic. You're also one of my PT clients <laughs> and something a bit different for you today. You're going to, we're going to talk about, about fitness. We're going to talk about that side of stuff. So we'll start with that. Um, we met properly through mutual friends at a wedding, mm-hmm. and you were—you'd had a couple of drinks, man. And on the, ta- <laughs> on the taxi back, you were saying to me, "What to come train to me?" And I was like, "This is another one of these." <laughs> had some drinks, man, and he's talking to a PT, and he's giving it big licks about wanting to train. <laughs> like a week later, you were messaging, and we sorted it out, and you came and started training. So, why did you decide to come and kick off your? your lifting career <laughs> well do you know what it's something i'd wanted to do for a long time i'd never i'd never really done any sort of gym work i, th- I think i joined a gym when i was like 18 but you know it was like i had yeah, no yeah. clue what i was doing I, <laughs> I, just, I just basically went on like the treadmill and then just like did like that the ab curler thing for like <laughs> half an hour then went home classic yeah, so, and I, I'd kind of known you over the years, like I'd kn- known you from when you played in bands and then hadn't seen you for like a few years and then saw you and you were like, just looked totally different. And then <laughs> we have, a, a, well, my girl, one of my girlfriend's best friends, uh, her husband, who is also my friend as well, is yep. your best friend. So <laughs> I'd kind of, uh, so then I kind of saw you on, like I've, kind of knew you like well enough to say hello from, yeah. from uh, knowing Mackie and stuff like that and uh, I don't know and then it just seemed like kind of a natural thing that I like I got talking to you at that wedding about it and it had been something that I'd, I've always been very skinny um, and yeah. maybe from the nature of of my job but just like kind of uh, physically I've always just been like a very like skinny guy um and I, like, I run a lot and stuff like that. So uh, my girlfriend has always been pretty keen for me to go to a gym because I think she's like actually worried if I got like sick, <laughs> I would just I would waste away. So, um, so yeah, it was kind of that. And uh, I'd actually, I'd always been worried about any stuff to do with weights because I played the drums that I thought it would maybe impede the way I played the drums. Yeah. And then I just started to read things that it, it seemed to be like the opposite, if anything. Like if, yeah, you, of course. if you can, if you build muscle, you can run longer and faster and play drums for longer and stuff like that. So it kind of just seemed like a kind of perfect opportunity and I kind of knew you as well. So it wasn't like... Yeah, for sure. I, and, and also maybe just because you were into kind of roughly the same stuff I was into, I felt a bit more comfortable in going to... Yeah. I don't know, just like a normal gym guy or something. Yeah. I'm not sure. So I think that's really important. Like I think the reason why, you know, I've had quite a lot of success with what I do is that um I think a a big part of it is that you maybe you may be doing more so now, but maybe a couple of years ago you maybe didn't see as many PTs who were like were maybe a that bit more alternative or like in yeah, ba- yeah. in bands and stuff like that. And like um for me, if some people say, oh, I couldn't train with you because I know you, but I would say for most people, 
did you feel a bit more comfortable taking that first leap because yeah. because you know the person and because you know maybe you have things in common or you trust mm-hmm. them or whatever so it can work both ways as i say some people have said no because they do know me and they've went elsewhere but some people have went because they do know me and it's worked mm-hmm. out uh, well because there's a trust thing there and you get on with the person and um, they probably know that you've got your best their best interests in, at heart and not just in it for like money and stuff like that so I think that that's a good thing but uh, yeah I think we we were talking at Mackie's wedding but that was <laughs> that was a bit a good bit before and that was like six months before it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you drunk at that wedding? I can't remember. Of course. I think I'm, I think I'm drunk at most weddings, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, and then it was, yeah, so it was, the, it was the end of 2018. Uh, yeah, that'd be right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was in the fit principal and I was maybe only there for like a month, I think, before. I think, yeah, I think I, I came to, to see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you came to me, as you said, to build muscle and strength. Mm-hmm. Um, which is awesome because I think that a, a lot of people think that the gym's purely for losing weight. And if you don't need <laughs> to lose weight, you, why should you join a gym or why should you go to a PT? The amount of times you hear that is incredible, man. It's like, you know, somebody says, I've got a PT. Why Why do you got a PT? You, you look great. It's like, well, there's numerous other reasons why people <laughs> would need help in the gym other to lose their body fat, you know? So, um, what have you noticed the most about the changes that you have made over that period of time of being a little bit stronger, having a bit more muscle um, in all areas in terms of like for like for your job and stuff and also for you personally in terms of your, you know, um, your own body and stuff? Do you know, it was one of those things, I, I think going into it, I, I wasn't sure what I'd get out of it, um, but it, it has been like... Uh, genuinely like pretty life-changing in terms Amazing. of like um just, just in i mean obviously like mainly in just in terms of like a health thing i genuinely i always felt like i was quite healthy because i like was quite had quite a physical job and yeah. and, and i ran a lot and stuff like that but i i feel from just come to see you for the, like the last year and a half or whatever i feel like 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 before I was unhealthy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just feels like, I don't know, I just, I wake up and I feel just like more awake and it's just like yeah. loads of like weird stuff for like that. Like I feel like, uh, like I've got so much more energy. It's weird. I'm probably burning more, but I feel yeah. like I have, have more. Um, the change in my body, like I know it's like kind of, uh, maybe like a weird thing to say but like having more muscle and just not being looking so weedy actually does make it does make me like happy I've, like and not course. in a not in a kind of uh, uh i'm not sure it's, i don't know it just like when you look and you just uh, when you can see your body changing it's like it's for sure man not as it's like just uh i don't know you can see that the work you're doing is is, is having an effect and stuff like that so yeah. I don't know there's and like so as well I'm really into running and obviously play drums but I found that going to the gym and training with you has made both of those things just like it's kind of opened up a door and both of those things that I thought I'd maybe reached like a a kind of peak with my running and uh, 
and maybe like my kind of fitness level when it came to drums but I've, I found that I can play drums longer a little bit harder uh, I can run for longer and a bit faster as well so it's kind of been like across the board and feel just I do I probably do feel happier for for training like I genuinely yeah, feel man. just a, 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 every time I, I guess obviously it's it's like an actual chemical thing it really yeah, for sure. but it, it, like if I'm feeling like a little bit stressed or something even like a 20 minute workout that you're yeah. giving me or something that does just like I don't know it just feels like you you reset yourself and then you can go on get like kind of get on with your day and stuff oh, like for that. sure man that's amazing there was there's a you know for me as your coach to hear that is honestly amazing um because that's that's the whole goal and being a PT for me is to make changes to people's lives and you've said a good few there that's that's really happy for, I'm really happy to hear there's a few things I want to touch on though like um you know you said you feel healthier like you were unhealthy before and that just goes back to again not everyone needs to lose weight uh you can be you can be uh underweight you know you can be unhealthy the opposite way of being overweight and unhealthy Mm -hmm. um you know if you are you know you're an active guy you are how many how often sorry how long do you play drums for on average like a couple hours a day yeah, I think so. Yeah, if I'm in the studio, yeah, and like <laughs> our gigs now for the most part are usually like an hour to 90 minutes. Uh, but yeah, if I'm in, if yeah. I play in the studio, it's probably like a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a long time. And you run, you know, before you came in weight training, did you run in what, four days a week, five days a week? Four or five days a week, yeah. Okay, so yeah. that's a lot, of, a shit ton of calories to be burning. Mm-hmm. So if you weren't putting in the sufficient calories, nutrients, or protein, you're going to feel mm. like shit, you know? Um, yeah. You're going to struggle to drum efficiently. You're going to struggle to run efficiently. You're going to struggle to feel the best version of you because you mm. are under feeding your, your body, essentially. Mm. Um, and that's where, I'll, that's where there's a line because there's overeating and people put on weight and they gain body fat, which, you know, high levels of body fat and obesity obviously isn't healthy. Or you people diet too hard and they don't eat enough and then they just feel like shit because uh, mm-hmm. of no fucking energy and then binging can happen or losing too much weight can happen and losing muscle can happen and then that's that's not healthy either. So it's trying to strike that balance of eating the right amount, you know. And it's so individual for everyone, which is why it's frustrating to see the amount of bullshit on like the internet and Instagram and telly and magazines about how to lose weight or this yeah. and that because. You can't, you know, everybody's different, you know, and the way you eat is going to be so different to the way, um, you know, Sam and your band eats or mm-hmm. one of my other clients, you know, everyone's so individual. But, um, but yeah, as you said, you feel better. And it was obviously, I think, a big thing is you were burning so many calories. You maybe just weren't, weren't putting enough in. I think as 100%. I was definitely... All of the right stuff. Yeah, I, I, was eat, I, think, I don't think I was eating enough and I definitely wasn't eating... The right stuff so that's probably like another thing that uh was like a total eye-opener i just yeah. i just didn't think i just got always i was just naively thought like as long as i wasn't like i didn't feel hungry then i must be eating yeah. enough yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but i was just i was eating just pretty much like all carbohydrates yeah. <laughs> nothing else totally so, which is which you're a vegan 
Yes. Which is quite, which is quite, (laughs) that's quite a common thing that I see in vegans when they come to me and I get them to fill out a food diary. It's just all carbs, which is, there's nothing wrong with carbs. And I'm someone who will always encourage people to eat carbohydrates because we need them. Um, and they're, they're, they're good for us. And, um, there's no problem with that. However, you know, Protein is essential for the recovery and building the muscle mass, amongst lots of other things. And you probably weren't eating no. anywhere near enough, <laughs> nope. you know, which nope. is something that we changed. And how did you how did you cope with that in terms of ch- switching the uh, the ratios of what you were eating? At, at first, I did find it really hard. I just found like um, for for maybe the first month, I was just it, to be fair. Like uh, I think without having someone to kind of show you all the places you can get protein and stuff, I would have struggled because I think I was probably getting at most half of what I needed like before, like on a good day. Um, So yeah, it was just kind of balanced. Do you know, I've actually never struggled with, with like, I never, I I can always eat food. I've always been quite lucky. Like see if someone put food in front of me, I'd I'd eat it, but I just didn't because I was like, oh, I think I've had enough. So in terms of actual having an increased volume of food i was i was i mean i guess for most people that's probably quite nice do you know what i mean yeah, so, sure. so so that was okay but it was getting the real thing with the like veganism is is getting those protein sources which you can really help me with which now i generally find really easy there's not like a day Good. where i guess like you were saying in time when you do it for like long enough you'll just kind of know roughly yeah. what you mean so but I have a pretty good balance now of uh, the pr- protein is the main thing I have to focus on. Everything else, I kind of, sure. but yeah, like um, you really kind of just showed me like how many, there is actually a lot of protein options. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just not as readily available sometimes though, is it? As a, mm-hmm. you know, as a vegan and, you know, because there are some of those more sexy options, so it's like uh, <laughs> yeah. Satan and tempeh and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a vegan myself and I don't eat those things, but I know what, benefits they give to my vegan clients so i'm well researched up on them but i still wouldn't know where to buy them because i wouldn't yeah, really yeah. see them in the supermarkets and stuff do you need to like go online and amazon and stuff to get those things or uh, well satan is the weirdest thing it's it's like wheat gluten <laughs> so it's just like a little if you saw it <laughs> if you saw on his own it just looks like the worst thing you could ever eat it's just like a big gray ball <laughs> Sounds but like tofu. <laughs> it's worse. It looks worse than tofu. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it, you, it's basically like it's basically just like something you would put through things that would give it like it would be like having a like a meat protein or something in terms yeah. of like what it would add to a dish. It's like kind of chewy and it's like it's gonna go. It's kind of go, it's more like doesn't really have a flavor on its own, but absorb kind of like tofu it would like absorb yeah. flavors. Yeah, but like that stuff, I you you wouldn't be able to like walk into like Asda and buy it. It's yeah. like you, it's kind of. Like but you made your own, did you not? I did. That... I did. Yeah, yeah. It's really... I remember you made your own and you put it all in my fitness pal and stuff. And I looked at the macros. I was like, shit, that's amazing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get that many vegan things that are that good macro wise for protein and calories. Yeah, it's insane. It's like pretty much just like a big lump of protein. It's like. Uh, and it's really low calorie and stuff like that. So, because I yeah. think a big thing with sorry to cut you off there, man, but um, I think a big thing with vegan diet, vegan protein, is that people just punt beans and chickpeas <laughs> and stuff like that, which is great. They you know those foods are healthy and really good for us, and I would always encourage 
you know, not just vegans, anyone eat those things, but there's not that much protein in those things. And no, no, no. When you're someone who's an active individual who's looking to build muscle um, or train hard and recover well, we don't, you know, we can't just have a, a chickpea curry and that'll be a, a really high amount of protein for that meal because it's not that much. Um, yeah. Same with like saying, uh, let's eat peanut butter for protein. No, it's that's <laughs> fat. You know, there's a bit of protein there, but it's not really that much protein. Definitely not enough to get your daily needs from. So mm-hmm. um, I think something that worked well with you is we found a nice protein powder. Yeah, it's great. I'm pretty sure the Spartan one's made from pea protein and hemp, I think. It is, yeah, yeah. And it's flavoured chocolate. And you make a nice shake, I think, quite a I lot. Do. Or put it in your porridge and stuff, don't you? Yeah, man, every day. Again, that was another thing that I think I had in my head because the guys I knew from school that had protein shakes were just like kind of swollen, but I think it's because <laughs> I think because they probably weren't doing. I don't think they were doing it right. I think they yeah, were just yeah. basically like tanking shakes and not <laughs> actually. So I thought that's just what it made your body do, yeah. but it really doesn't. Yeah, it's of just for, for me as well. I guess that's the thing. Without the without having like one of those shakes every day, then it would be a struggle because that's probably yeah. like that's probably like a about a quarter of like my protein is one of those shakes. Yeah, yeah. I usually just have it with like oat milk and it just is like having it's amazing it's like having a milkshake every day it's like man i it's made one good. i made one today and it was so good i actually so i put ice frozen blueberries and coconut milk in the nutribullet and then i put um a wee bit of porridge oats in and a wee bit of banana and then i was putting my banana i use whey powder i was putting my banana whey powder in but i only had uh, 15 grams left uh, and I ran out, so I had to then put chocolate in. So I put chocolate and banana away in, but with the frozen fruit and the ice and the coconut milk and a bit of cinnamon, it was fucking amazing, man. <laughs> and, and I find that see when I put the frozen the frozen fruit in and the ice because it makes it that bit thicker and it's really cold, like it really fills me up. Whereas yeah, a yeah, yeah. normal shake maybe wouldn't fill me up as much as that if it was just milk or water. But that one was amazing um and then putting it in overnight oats or just having it in porridge oats is really good way of doing it as well because then you're getting your carbohydrates for your energy and your protein as well in the one go so um man we're creating a a educational (laughs) podcast is here not just entertainment purposes but um what what's your some of your favorite go-to vegan meals i mean like it's it is definitely like a good time uh, to be a vegan. I imagine like ten years ago, it would not have been nearly as good as it is now. I think it's I've, I mean, probably not like by coincidence. I've, I've I was vegetarian for a long time, uh, and I tried veganism a couple of times and kind of had struggled with it. But uh, I think I've been doing it a few years, like maybe two years now. Um, and it has, you know, it is like, I'm sure you've noticed as well, there just is a lot more vegan options now. For so, sure. I mean, like things like the Beyond Burger, which I, I try not to have too often, but like that is like really good. Um, so like that uh, and some homemade chips and stuff like that. I mean, that's still like junk food, but it's still uh, me for... If you're making your own chips from potatoes, they're not, they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, but like we have like I'm lucky my girlfriend cooks a lot, so she kind of does. But she kind of is really good at making sure it's got of like the things I need. So she yeah. make like like a chickpea curry or is she vegan? Things. 
she is not she's not even vegetarian she's just like uh <laughs> an understanding so, <laughs> so is, it two, is it two different meals then or is it no so for the most part she she, yeah she's really good that way like she uh she uh is like i think just for ease she'll just eat that as well because to be fair though what she would say is like like the, it's always really tasty it's just i think she still yeah. likes eating meat and stuff yeah um, for sure so yeah but and and like when we're cooking at home she will do the majority of it to be fair and yeah so it's like things like chickpea curries or there's like this new thing that's like a it's kind of made of like a pea protein it's called oomph it's like kind of like it's meant to like be like a chicken substitute oh nice oh wait it's, I think it's I've really good that. it's is amazing it, is it frozen it is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, had, I bought that the other week and it was really good, man. I think it was barbecue or something. Like. Yeah, yeah, they got that. And it's super high in protein. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, so it's, again, it's just like a thing you would add. So you're not just having like, I don't know, vegetables. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's the problem, man. You know, if you're, uh, there's a lot of pasta dishes or um, a lot of kind of, again, just carbohydrate-based dishes that, and people are saying, like, especially my vegan clients, like, oh, I made this really healthy meal. And in my head, I'm like, oh, there's no protein in that. <laughs> and it's like, we don't need to eat protein, you know, every single meal of your life. But as I say, for certain goals and for health purposes, we, you know, it's everyone, on, not even just vegans, like um, any anybody who comes in to me and they've not been educated on good nutrition mm-hmm. and i asked them for that first food diary it's all carbs and fats <laughs> seriously seriously protein is always so low so it's not just vegans however um with people who aren't vegan it can just eat chicken and things with dinner which they maybe eat quite a lot anyway then it's a bit you know they probably do have that wee bit extra protein but why did you go vegan and is it was it just personal reasons yeah like i mean so the Ross, who's in the band, has been, he was, his parents were vegetarian, so he's been vegetarian his whole life. So when I started playing in the band, I still ate meat and stuff at that point. And just from hanging out with him quite a lot, I just, you kind of just end up having conversations about it. And it wasn't like a kind of, a, I don't know, just over time, I was like, I might just give it a shot because uh, just to see what it's like. It wasn't yeah. particularly for like, I've, I do. I mean, there probably is like a moral element to it, but it was never personally for me, if I'm honest, it wasn't, it was more just because I was like, I wonder if I'd miss meat if I'd yeah. stopped eating it. And uh, I found the vegetarian thing pretty easy uh, and did that for a long time. And again, with the veganism, it was more just, I wonder what it would be like, if I'm being honest. Like, it's, yeah. I do like, uh, there's probably like a slight, there's like a moral element to it. And sure. I don't, I don't think I'd ever eat meat again and things like that but it was more just i wonder if i could how i would get on with taking these things out and see if i could still live eat healthily yeah at first with the veganism thing i stopped it because i did actually feel like i was i felt less healthy yeah um but i think since coming to you and just and now i I find it so easy to yeah to, to eat healthily and still get all the kind of you know nutrients i need and for sure 
That's the thing though, you need to eat a lot of food to maintain, but, you know, because your whole goal is to not continually lose weight. Yeah, so yeah. Because you're still so active, you still play drums all the time, you do run a lot and you're throwing the gym as well to those things. Yeah. You know, your maintenance calories are so high, so you really need to work at it, you know. Yeah. It's got probably it's maybe got to a point now where you kind of know where what that amount of food looks like and you kind of, uh-huh. just a habit now, hopefully. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm good at it. I'm pretty decent at it now, but there's still days where it gets to like 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm like, and then, I mean, you would have like a little kind of midnight snack, which isn't oh, always a bad thing. Bad. So. Bad. Um, that's what I've, something I've found this lockdown, dude, uh, because I'm staying up later. I'm usually in bed really early because I'm up really early, but not really much to get up for at the moment. So, <laughs> I go to bed a lot later and oh my God, no matter how big my dinner is, right? I'll have my dinner at like seven, even eight maybe if I'm having it in the night I do a class, I'll have it after class. But no matter how much I eat at dinner, come half 10, 11, starving. I get that as well, man. Starving everything, man. <laughs> so at the first couple of weeks, I wasn't dealing with it very well at all. I was just eating way too much and I was gaining a bit of weight. So I decided to cut back a lot more earlier in the day and I always mm-hmm. keep 500 calories so I can have my Greek yogurt, my honey and my granola. Nice. At uh, half 10, 11 when that <laughs> hunger pang just hits me. I swear to God, I don't think there's been a night that it hasn't hit. Because if I wasn't hungry, I wouldn't yeah. eat it. But I swear to God, man, every night I'm <laughs> that time of night. So that's a thing. Um, I was going to say, ask you something else. Yeah, because I think that people would assume that it's just it's, it's easy to eat loads of food. Oh, I wish I could eat loads of food. But there's so many people that struggle to do that. Um, people have came to me looking to gain muscle. People who are maybe a bit underweight. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, we can do this. But you know you're you're hardly eating so we need to up your calories and your and people can't do it it's really hard just yeah yeah you struggle to not overeat um was it at the start a struggle to eat that much or have you just always been able to eat it, no the, the first month or so, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair i've always been like one of those people that's dead skinny but like if you gave me like a large pizza i could eat the whole thing yeah. ever. like but I, like at first like i, I think probably before coming to you i think i was probably eating like at the very most like two and a half thousand calories a day but that would be with playing the drums and running and stuff like that so i was definitely like if i wasn't doing any exercise it would probably been all right but i was definitely yeah for sure like yeah i think like i for the first month i think i was i found it like tricky but now I'm kind of good at it and I kind of I'm now like I never I'd probably used to miss breakfast like loads but I would would never I kind of there's no idea I don't have like three pretty big meals now so (laughs) so I mean it's definitely not I've definitely not found it hard if anything it's like it's always good to know if like I don't have to like not eat do you know what I mean it's like there's never a time I'm like oh shit I need to stop (laughs) like it's usually the other way so yeah, but yeah. that's good because it means that you're going to be going into the gym, you know, fully stocked up on energy, going to put the drums on it with the energy. You know about the importance of post-workout nutrition and stuff now because if you were going to – sometimes you train with me, then run, then go straight to the, the yeah, studio. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So if you were to not eat anything during those things, you know, in between, you know, you're going to really struggle. So the importance of that is obviously there as well, um, which kind of leads on to the next thing I want to talk about, and it's running because – 
you obviously, you know, people run maybe to lose weight or to get fit. You don't, you're already really fit and you don't need to lose any weight, but you'll run a shit ton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So why do you, why do you, why have you always run so much? Um, I think the running thing has always just been like an actual, it's actually more of like a, a relaxation thing for me. Like it's something I did in school. Um, I wasn't. Just point out one thing. If running <laughs> is relaxing, you must be so good at it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Not many people really get it. I think I've always found it quite weird because most people running is a thing they're like, I know you actually do like running, but it's. I love it, like, but it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I think uh, I was never great at. Like I, I always really liked sports in school, but I was now I'm not I'm not very competitive, and I think running was always appealing to me because it's you're just on your own and you're yeah. kind of like, uh, it's just you're just kind of out on your own and you're you're kind of just th- I don't know. For me, it's like space and stuff. Totally, it's it's when I like think the most probably is when I'm running, and I kind of uh, not even necessarily like about anything important but just like I'll actually like I, I stop thinking about if I'm in the the like flat or at the studio I'm always like doing something whereas running you kind of just you're just out there and there's nothing else you can do yeah but, like keep for sure kind of put one foot forward um so yeah it was mainly that like and I love I love running outside I'm not I don't I don't really ever run uh, like on a treadmill so uh, it's just apart more like I a, make you. yeah yeah apart from that yeah apart from you on that kind of horrible that carbs, carbs <laughs> treadmill I don't even know what that is it's so, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah unless I'm on uh, that death machine uh, I, I, I just uh, yeah I just love it's more like it's probably just like the mixture of fresh air and and just kind of like it's like a half an hour of my day where I kind of yeah don't think about anything else or think about things really intently but it's just like a kind of half an hour where I'm just on my own so um I've kind of done that for years kind of since I started playing the bat it actually was I stopped running for years uh like after high like kind of I stopped running maybe like fourth year of high school and then didn't and kind of got probably that was probably I was like not very fit from like fourth year of high school when I like discovered alcohol until i was like maybe 20 21 when i joined the band and then i started running again when we are we started to play gigs that were a little bit longer and I actually was finding it hard to get through like 45 minutes of a gig <laughs> and i was like oh this is this is bad so i kind of started running again and then since then i've just kind of done it kind of constantly that because that's the thing when you, you know, you came to me asking, you know, I want to gain weight, I want to put, I don't want to lose weight, I want to gain strength and weight, but here's the thing, I run most days <laughs> and I play drums for hours on end, so I was like, I'm, I'm fine with that, I'm totally, I'm not going to tell anyone to stop doing something they enjoy, however, it does go against the, yeah, whole, yeah. the whole gaining muscle and, and, and weight thing, so that's where as long as you're eating and recovering enough, then it's then it is fine. Um, mm. And that again, that's another reason why your protein is so essential. Because if you were to eat no protein or very little protein, with all the running and training and drumming, you just wouldn't recover. Yeah, yeah. Efficiently. So as long as you can do that, you can have it all. You know, and that's where <laughs> and that's where people say to me, "How do you do it? You know, you lift heavy and then you're out running loads and you're swimming triathlon, Ironman training, but still lifting." I'm like, it's just because I so dialed in on my nutrition and it's a priority and i always nail my nutrition it's the only thing that enables me to do this because if i if i wasn't to eat enough 
and fuel and recover from this. Like, there's no way I could do that cross type of training. Yeah. Um, and sleep as well. Um, and that's that's the thing. It's like anyone can do it, but you know, not everyone's willing to put that wee bit of effort in their diet or or, or go to bed two hours earlier instead of staying up watching telly and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, people just don't realise that kind of thing. Um, do you sleep a I, lot? Th- do you know that's one thing I definitely need to do more. Like I. If I, if I don't set an alarm, then I, I, my body naturally probably like tries to sleep for nine hours probably. is like, see if I just went to bed and just saw when my body would wake up, it, it, I probably would like sleep for nine hours, I, which I should let it do, but I kind of yeah. rarely, rarely do. So that is, one, that is one thing I'm trying to get better at is just to try and get a bit more sleep. Because I always plan, I always, I always plan to go to bed early, but never ever do. <laughs> and I was like, I'll be in bed for a little bit; it'll be amazing. And then it's like one o'clock, and I'm like, What am I doing? And I'm like, mucking about on the guitar. You're, like, up, writing, you're up writing those solo tunes on the <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, emotional songs that no one will ever hear. So um, that that is one thing uh, I do want to get better at. I can, I want to be up earlier, but I also want to sleep longer. And I think that's my problem is like I end up going to bed at like maybe like one in the morning and yeah. then I, I don't want to get up at like 10 because I'm like, fuck, it's like, I've sure. lost. So I, I do need to probably get better at that. So this is, this, so this is what you're telling me that when you're booked in for 9am in the gym <laughs> and you turn up at 10 past, it's not the motorway, it's because you were up at one in the morning playing a guitar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, it's, 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 always, it's always traffic jams. They yeah. always get longer depending on when I leave. Or the parking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. you, were, you were on the quiz last night, dude. Oh, oh was that an answer? Yeah. yeah, the question was who's the most consistently late client? Was it me? <laughs> it was you. Oh, I thought it would have been Stephen. Nah, he's been pretty good recently, dude. Oh, man. I'm, I can't say I'm proud of that. It's not, it's not like a stat that you okay, want. Sorry, man. <laughs> Five minutes here, there's all right. I'm only having a laugh. Um, but yeah, I think running is an amazing thing for just a, a mood booster, mental health purposes, physical health, obviously, as well. Um, it just is really hard and people will go out and find it tough and maybe not stick to it, but it's just like everything else. The, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. But people take it too seriously. People uh, look at their pacing and their times and they compare it to their mates that are posting and they think they're shite because they're not as fast as their mates. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, no, like get rid of all that. Just go out and move and, and fucking run and take in the fresh air and get the music and get the endorphins going because for me, it makes me so happy. And I'm a competitive guy and I'm always trying to be a better athlete. So yeah, I try and I do work on my pacing and all the rest of it. But sometimes I do just go out, I don't even turn the Garmin on and I just put my music in and run, man, because it makes me feel so good. Yeah, 100%, man. That's, if only we had a better climate. I know you like, <laughs> yeah. the, you like the rain, I think, don't you? I, I, don't, I don't like, I don't, I would not like, I mean, like more to like run a, in. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind running in the rain. It's like, yeah, I mean, but I'll be honest, when it's like sunny, it's so much better. Oh, it's it's, class, it's amazing. It's so class. Running in the sun, actually running in the sun in Glasgow is maybe like, one of the greatest things I've experienced is maybe just because like you're it's like our city yeah for sure that. And, and when it's nice weather it generally I, I feel like if I know a lot of people think this but if, if the weather was like that in Glasgow all the time I genuinely think oh. it would be one of the best cities in the world it is just the it weather so that good. lets it down so much it would be so good was it two weeks ago we had like a week or so of like really good weather and oh man it's just 
it's just so amazing and like it does I don't know I tend to get quite I'm an emotional guy anyway but I can I can get quite emotional when I go and runs because I, I feel I feel so fit when I'm running because I'm running mm-hmm. whereas people will think well yeah you're a PT you've done an Ironman etc etc but to me sometimes I'm still the fucking overweight alcoholic that couldn't run that couldn't do anything like that and when I'm out running, I think I just think how amazing it is that I can do it, and I think about the positives in life of where I am compared to where I used to be. I think about my dad quite a lot, um, and I live Southside. My dad used to live Southside, and I'm out running literally in parks that he used to take us to as kids and stuff. And yeah. um, as much as people might think that that's like sad, like not sad as in like you're sad as in like emotion, <laughs> as in emotionally sad, which yeah. which sometimes maybe it does get. But most of the time, it's just like a really, a, a really uplifting thing for me because mm-hmm. it's like I, it, it gives me a, a chance to realise where I've went from type thing, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think that can be a good thing for anyone, especially people who maybe are overcame, you know, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, uh, mental health problems, um, you know, any kind of thing like that. Uh, running and endurance. That's what drew me to Ironman: just the endurance, the alone time, the thinking mm-hmm. time, the you know. I'm not going off on a bit of a tangent, but no, no, no. That's, but that's all that shit does for me, you know. I imagine though, if you have an addiction or you're struggling mentally and stuff, the idea of going to run probably seems like I can never do that. So if yeah. you're if you kind of overcome that stuff, yeah, or or that's helping you deal through it, it probably is like yeah, I can oh, imagine sure. it's, it's going to feel like a massive. Oh yeah, thing. I mean, it saved my life, like training in general, and I'm mm-hmm. sure it saved countless other people's lives but I genuinely did and I've wrote that on Instagram a couple of times and I feel that it probably comes across as really dramatic like training saved my life but I'm like when I was giving up the booze and like my dad had just died like the only thing that kept me from breaking down every day was training yeah (laughs) yeah it was something that made me feel so good and made me feel like I had a purpose and something I was getting good at and um People, man, just I think they really just, it's too, I don't know what it is. It's like people just assume that people are at the gym to lose weight. I've <laughs> yeah. said it, I said it on the podcast, but it's, man, so many amazing benefits to training. Like we're going to go into music and your music stuff in a second, but like what, what's the kind of, what's the differences you feel between like going out a run or coming into the gym and getting that deadlift PB or doing a class with the guys? I find the uh, I find the gym a lot harder, so I think that's that's what's good about it for me is like the, the running is uh, not that I find it easy. Like I always, I'm tired when I get home, but it's kind of a a little bit of like automatic when I go out. I kind of know that yeah. I'll I'll get through it. Whereas in the gym with you, you're always pushing everyone, but if, on the one on one sessions, you're always, you're always like you're always like. Uh, Never out of like, never out of something that's like dangerous, but you always like, <laughs> <laughs> like pushes, push like a little bit further than I would yeah, naturally yeah, want to course. go. And I, I think I love that. It's like you're always, you're always like, is that more weight you're putting on there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, yep. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I can do that. But uh, I think it's that. It's more just like seeing what your body can do. And it, I never thought I'd be into that personally. Like my my brother was really into like. Uh, like lifting heavy weights and stuff um and i remember thinking like nah that just looks stupid <laughs> but, but now that you can i can see what like why he was always into that like 
not men's not a competition thing but see when you can see what your body is capable of because oh, yeah. when i came to you I, I think especially with deadlifts i think I, it was like i think i managed to get like one rep of 60 but i remember being like oh my that's like um, i was like your back's not really straight there i think <laughs> oh yeah i couldn't even get that i very like uh just could not understand what you were like trying to <laughs> But even just that, like every little increment where you get a bit stronger is like, it's not even the competition of it. It's just more like, I kind of, you're, you do get like a lot of self-satisfaction just being like, that's crazy. I, 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 a month ago, I, I didn't, I would have, I would not have been able to do that, well, which is, a, um, so I think it's, for me, the gym is always a challenge for me because I think naturally, uh, uh, my body what is like a, a runner probably yeah. I've, I've kind of got more like a runner's uh, like physique and stuff like that so for me like I just love the but also as well though dude you're not when you're going out running every day or four days five days a week you're not every run you're not going to be like I'm going to get a PB today I'm going to like, <laughs> going to run as fast as I possibly can you know that's just not going to happen and you wouldn't do that you know it's not yeah, yeah. that's not you what you know That'd be a brilliant. Yeah, well, I mean, it would be it. It would be amazing, you know, if you're running five k's in like four minutes. But, um, but that's not going to happen. Whereas, as you say, I think when it comes, to, especially because you know lifting's you know relatively new, mm-hmm. um, there's always going to be improvements there and bits you can get better or new movements brought in. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got the the class element where you're working with friends and teamwork and a bit of healthy competition they say other teams and that's a great thing as well so um yeah man it's good it's good though that um you've got that challenge because i think yeah uh, i think you're a bit good at running to be fair what's your yeah. fastest 5k my fastest 5k is about i think see i usually i don't do many 5k's now but i would do i think like i think my fastest was like about 17 that's when, so I, when I used to do like those the park runs and stuff. Like that's that. mad. Uh, but again, it was always like I was. That was only I was always just kind of all right at running. Yeah. Like in school, I think I just uh, my dad was a really good runner, so I think when I was a wee guy, I used to like know that I was like running like that when I was like four. But like I think I was always just quite into running because it was like uh, something my dad really liked, and he was wasn't didn't really play other sports, but he was like a really good. He was yeah. actually a really good long distance runner, but uh, so can you get a ten k in under forty minutes then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've, I've so my my ten k one is uh, just under thirty six. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but dude, uh, I, I was like two years ago, I was running five k's, honestly, in like thirty two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's to be fair though, that's still it's your times are really good now as, as well like oh i've improved man i've improved yeah yeah I'm really happy about um although i just got 5k the other week at 23 minutes and now i was like almost dead whereas you're just like, <laughs> that's still that, that no, is still like a great height like that's the thing like I've, it is it is a thing that i'm i'm probably like a bit faster than the average person but anything if i if a 5k anything under 30s Still great, but again, again, it's all individual, and it? it's all where 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 is each person came from? How long has each person been running? What is that person's body weight? And that's for anyone to think about. And remember that, you know, you sitting saying you've done a seventeen minute, I've done twenty three. If someone's out there doing thirty five, thinking that they're rubbish, that is not the case know, because totally. they are, you know, their 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 bodies are different, and we're all we're all at different places in our, in our lives, and uh, you know, 
doesn't matter how long it takes you to do anything. The fact mm-hmm. that you're out moving is the main thing. Yeah. Because even walking, I got a buzz off walking, dude, you know, especially, yeah. when, it's, especially when it's sunny, you know. And you can all walk everywhere as well, I guess. Like you. Yeah. Well, well, I actually got my bike fixed uh, recently. I hadn't used that bad boy since Iron Man because <laughs> uh, I was a bit traumatized. <laughs> uh, and I was literally walking everywhere through the winter and stuff. It was a bit, it was a bit silly. Like it's 20 minute walk to the gym and it's honestly like four minutes on the bike. <laughs> so if I just got it fixed, I could have saved a lot of rainy walks. But um, <laughs> Luckily, a few of my clients are super nice and they'll drop me home after the last session and stuff, um, which helped a lot. But yeah, so let's move on to music. You are drummer in Twin Atlantic. Um, how long have you been in Twin for? <laughs> we were, now I've been, the band's been going for 14 years and I've been in them for 13 so a long time. Can I can I just erase that first year and say the band's been going for fair first year? <laughs> uh, give them their due. They were a band before me as well. Um yeah, well, uh, the only time I've ever played the Twin Atlantic was when you weren't there. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I know. Oh, it was many moons ago. Um <laughs> how did you get into music in general, playing music and well, let's just say music in general, like um growing up and stuff? Um well to be fair, I was a bit of a late bloomer. Like I didn't really get into like bands and stuff. Like, like I, I had like I liked like Oasis and stuff like that. But I wouldn't. It wasn't like something. In, I would even particularly say I was like a big music fan. And then I, uh, one of my friends got like a Rage Against the Machine album. That was the first time I remember hearing like uh, I don't know, just something that was t- totally different to anything I've ever yeah. heard before in terms of like something that I'd hear you'd hear in like the charts and I remember thinking this I don't know what it is I don't even know if I like it but I want to like listen to it again yeah <laughs> what age were you I'd have been probably then like 13 maybe 13 or 14 and then I kind of decided that Rage Against was maybe just like a little bit too crazy for me but <laughs> it, it kind of like it kind of opened up a door and then around the same time and another one of my friends basically got given a Foo Fighters album as a present and he didn't like it so he gave it to me <laughs> and I instantly put it on and was just like oh my god what is this yeah. like I know they're not like it was a uh, there's nothing left to lose the third Foo Fighters album and it's not like it's like sounds crazy but when you'd never would never really heard like the I'd heard basically Oasis and Spice Girls and that exactly and never been like and so I kind of genuinely interesting. It was just like I want to know everything about this band, and yeah. it was like it was like when uh, like Kazaa had just started. I really tried like download <laughs> all, all their videos on like my fifty six k modem. All those viruses, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Destroyed the family computer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, kind of from that point, it was just like an obsession. Like I was just uh, with music as well. Like it kind of like the minute I liked the the Foo Fighters. I just wanted to just know everything about them and then like you know what it's like you learn then you hear another band that sounds like them or that well yeah. obviously with them I was like then I heard Nirvana I was like oh my god this is and, uh, and then around that same time my friends were starting a band and they didn't have a drummer uh, and I basically was just begged my parents to buy me a drum kit <laughs> <laughs> so I got a drum kit I think for my 16th birthday uh, and basically just started playing just so I, I could like be in this band 
Amazing. Uh, with them. Did that scarily similar to myself? Like I, you get these people; they're all, they're all like, "Oh man, my parents were so into music. They're always playing the Beatles in the car, and I was just so music, musically driven." So, but that wasn't the case for me. Like, obviously, my parents were into music, but they weren't like totally crazy about bands or like mm-hmm. religiously playing certain bands and stuff like that. It was more like charts and stuff. And yeah, this was never really that. Yeah, I enjoyed music, and I would dance about to like legit bought the Spice Girls album and stuff like that. <laughs> But uh, it, was, it was the same as yourself. I heard that one band. I heard Blink, and uh, that was it. It was this upset. I was obsessed with bands and uh, guitars and playing mm-hmm. and people who played music. And it could have been Slipknot screaming in his head off, or it could have been uh, the Offspring, the guy singing, or it could have been Tenacious D. Um, yeah. But it was a it was about a real band, you know. And I was just obsessed mm-hmm. with all things bands. As soon as I heard Blink. Uh, much like yourself for the Foo Fighters, and um, so what age did you start with Twin Atlantic? If it was thirteen would, years ago, not I would have been. I would have been. I'd have been three years old. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, was, I, I was twenty. I joined, okay. I think. I think I joined actually just before I turned twenty. It had been around this time, um, thirteen years ago. Okay. So, so yeah. You just in that were you in that first band for a few years, or was that a short thing? Uh, that was like a short thing. Then it was like in another band with uh, some other friends from school. Um, so yeah, but kind of just local bands that yeah. like 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 kind of that thing where like the guys would like could couldn't practice because like they needed to see their girlfriend. And stuff <laughs> like so it was like it was always like I was like the guy in the band that kind of wanted to take it seriously but yeah. like they would be like have jobs or have to go to uni and stuff and you like would that. get so raging at them exactly and you kids like, couldn't understand your girlfriend's <laughs> a dick anyway man <laughs> exactly uh, any stupid band names uh the first that, that first high school band was called fool's gold <laughs> which is a man, that's all right. I, like that, man. I don't know man it's all right and then i was in one called the the las vegas turncoats that sounded like the strokes that's a bad then. Yeah, that, they were actually quite good. I, frustratingly, I thought that was going to be the band that was going to do well, but then one of the guys, two of the guys, moved to Edinburgh for uni, and that kind of like ended the band. And then I was in a band called In Earnest. Uh, I've heard that one before. Yeah, they were. I think we played. I think we might have been on a couple of bills that you guys were on as well. Like <coughs> no, but definitely were man. That yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Twisted eight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Then yeah, it was loads <laughs> of twisty gigs. Like there was a few like pure seven band bills at the cafe oh, and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> Strawberry fields and stuff. <laughs> yeah, dude, I remember one gig. Right, we um we were supporting a band called Caffeine from the from down south. Yeah, we were, yeah. We were quite a reasonably big pop punk band, but we were still in school at this time. And uh, this was our biggest gig to date because we'd played Strawberry Fields a few times, but this was the first Cat House gig, and it was a we were supporting a signed band. Uh, I remember I got the phone call actually, and my mum's like, "There's a man asking if he's one to support a signed band," and I was like, "What? No way!" And like, honestly, man, I think we sold a hundred tickets, right? Uh, and it was like seven quids, right? So say seven hundred pound. We thought we gave all that money to the promoter. I know, man. And, that uh, is, that's some dark stuff, like the kind of local Glasgow com- like promoter things. We were just so happy to be playing this bouncing, <laughs> you know. We didn't even fucking care. That's so ridiculous. But but yeah, we definitely would have played together at least once. I think. Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. 
So when you joined Twin Atlantic, um, what were what where were they kind of sitting at that point? They they were still like pretty much a local band, but they'd been on a couple of like kind of like DIY English tours and stuff like yeah. that. And I think I, I Best just case. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> some some like like the bottom of the rung thing. But I think to me that was like they'd made it because they'd yeah. like been out of Scotland and stuff like yeah. that, and it's kind of what I wanted to do and. I knew Sam um, a little bit just from because he worked in bars and I knew Ross uh, for, he used to play in a band called Long Story Short who you probably know as well. Best, uh, best buddies back in the day. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we must have played about 40 gigs with <laughs> within the space of one year. <laughs> I know, that's the thing. It was like, I think it was out of high school like a year but I think like all those bands I feel like every band was playing like four or five gigs oh, in Glasgow a month. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I knew Ross from just playing in Long Story Short and then didn't see him for maybe a year. And then he, like, next time I saw him, he had like this big beard and stuff like that. And he was like, <laughs> ah, I play in this band called Twin Atlantic now. Um, and I went to see them and was just like, I, I did, I thought the songs were really cool. Um, and it just, they also kind of sounded like the kind of band I wanted to play in. Mm-hmm. Um, and just one night got talking to Sam and was just like, ah, oh, if you ever need like another drummer, I don't know what I was doing. Actually, it was pretty like they had a drummer, so I don't know. What I was, but uh, for I mean, for whatever reason, but you don't ask, you don't get. I know that's true. That's true. I mean, maybe I was as kind of being a little bit more, more conniving than I'm making out. But then, yeah, but like as it as it transpires, they needed a drummer quite soon after that, and uh, they got in touch. Um, and I think it was just instantly we all had the same idea of what we wanted to, we wanted to kind of treat our band like a job. And we were yeah. like, we, I worked like night shifts in, uh, in B&Q and Ross and Sam, sorry, Ross was a delivery driver. Uh, Barry joined the exact same time as me. He was like a delivery driver. So he just worked at night and Sam worked in nice and sleazies. So we basically were like, well, we can all work at these jobs at night and we can practice like every day during the day. And we just started doing that. like from the very like literally like when i joined we just started practicing like monday to friday at my my parents house um so yeah we kind of just from the start just treated it like if we're going to do this we need to like treat it like a job and uh we kind of just we kind of got quite lucky we went and recorded we like with all the money we're making from our jobs we like put it all together and recorded an ep um down in Wales and yeah and we just kind of like was so jealous of that was that, <laughs> was that with Romesh it was Ro- yeah, Romesh was still a good friend I remember at the time we just were so skint we just could never afford to get there but there were so many bands we knew doing, going there and like we were just so jealous of everyone that got to yeah. it sounded amazing though that's the thing yeah you, you know you kind of got what you paid for it was really expensive but everything he recorded always sounded like unreal yeah. like I mean for me especially the drums always sounded so good so um, yeah I think that was the thing though we we always treated it like if we're going to do it we need to like spend the money so that was like we'll, we'll find the money to record with Romesh because that's like it'll sound amazing and then it'll give us the best chance of maybe like getting to the next step and stuff like that. So we can have all, I think we're, I, it was just really lucky that I think we all had the exact same mindset on what we wanted to get from the band. And I think that is kind of honestly like 
if you can get that right with the guys you're in a band with, that's like the hardest hurdle to start is trying to get everyone to be as ambitious as as each other. So yeah, there's there's always there's always that one dude that can never afford recording or the one that <laughs> yeah. doesn't want to practice that. So no, that's you you hit me on the head there, dude. Um, like, so did it then go? Was that the EP? That was yeah. That it was kinda, got really popular yeah it was so we got lucky we we basically um from the start we had a, a manager who was like so barry used to play in a band called uh what were they called again oh think fire oh, um, yeah. oh my god yeah, yeah. What a band, man. so amy i didn't know to, that yeah yeah he played the uh, only towards the end of it he played in them and then so amy had managed them and uh, when they stopped she when barry joined the band he was like well amy would be kind of interested in kind of helping it was kind of just to help out at the start yeah. and uh so that was like a massive help because she knew like some promoters in london and stuff like that and managed to get us like a support tour with uh circus survive Amazing. Uh, and it kind of just went from there we just kind of kept getting offered stuff and i think the thing was we just never turned anything down at the start every single tour we got we got offered we do it and we had this ep and it kind of was like sell it like we it was just like sell it and then we got like a the big the big tour we got near the start was we got uh within the space of a month uh we got like a tour with biffy and a support with smashing pumpkins and those like two things at once kind of just like maybe made us look a little like just pushed us ahead of like a lot of the other local bands i think so for sure what was this like 2007 that would have been the very start of 2008 yeah, so yeah. The, the ep just came out in like the january and we got like the biffy tour uh just because i don't i think they just were like looking for like a scottish band to take away and it just so happened that someone must have mentioned us or something uh you must have been buzzing, man. Oh man, it was crazy. We got it like a day before as well. It wasn't. Oh what? Yeah, like, uh, but it was amazing. They were like so cool and just like, uh, just like in terms of like teachers and like teaching us about how to like survive on the road and stuff like that. They were just like so nice That's and uh, and obviously the crowds we were playing to were kind of the exact kind of crowds yeah. we wanted to play. Like you know, like we obviously like I guess Biffy would were like an influence on us as well so like you're kind of playing to, like our our bands didn't sound a million miles away from each other so it was uh it was kind of like instantly we went back to these places and maybe like a hundred people would come you know so it kind of just gave yeah. us a leg up and then uh, yeah it, it what kind of venues was that it was like actually for them it was like a b-city tour it was like they were still like kind of 2000 caps but it was like Inverness and Preston, yeah. Hull, Leicester, all these kind of like cities that you wouldn't kind of maybe normally go to. But still yeah. like thousands of folk. Yeah, yeah. yeah for, for us, it was insane. I think before that, we'd, the biggest gigs we'd done were like the Circus of Five ones, which yeah. were like 200, 300 yeah. caps. So, what about yeah, Smashing for, Pumpkins? That was, well, that was like an arena. So that was like 5,000. So that Fuck. was like, <laughs> and we were like, we you were like, absolutely shit, it. Yeah, because oh yeah, because it all it was all kind of happening quite quickly. It was just like out, out of like a bit of luck as well. Like these things kind of kept seemed to, like it seemed like we just were getting really lucky, and we'd finish one tour and another offer would come in, which I, I think was 
we were just quite lucky in that respect. I don't think that happens to like a lot of bands. Um, well, in we 2008, had... I played the Lincoln Imp in Scunthorpe in front of about 35 people, mate. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's probably more people than we played to in Scunthorpe. <laughs> so, yeah, things just were going crazy then. Yeah, like, I mean, it I felt like that at the time. It wasn't actually, we were still like a local band for the most part, like, but it, like, it was just like doing all these, it was like everything kind of seemed to like spiral. So, we, from that Biffy tour, we then got like a booking agent. So then we got more support tours and we he kind of started like kind of testing us out doing the headline shows and stuff like that. And there was still like a few years after that where we'd do support tours and then do headline shows and there'd be like less than 50 people, you know, like in some cities. Yeah. Uh, Scot- like Scotland took off a lot quicker, but like England, it was like we were still playing to next to no one for until maybe like 2011 or something like that yeah. so but yeah scotland i think just that like because you're like a local band and stuff, yeah for sure I think they kind of like take you into their plus part. you were definitely one of the first bands to to come out with that total scottish singing yeah 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 totally. like, cause that so, was a that was a massive thing i think yeah yeah because you know you know for especially in the scene that i we were in and stuff it was all of the idolized all the american bands and stuff and mm-hmm. everyone was obviously singing with that, that kind of accent well the funny thing was though is that, that was kind of it was mainly american bands that influenced twin atlantic yeah it was just so funny that sam didn't sing in the accent because all the influences for it probably were and like sam's when sam was growing up his favorite band was blink 182 yeah as well like like you so i and he had kind of a pop punk background and so did ross so it's actually I still sound like Tom Dong, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, no, but that was that was a, that was a that was a, the big thing. I remember uh, I was in th- uh, my flat with Mikey at the time. We'd moved into each other, and uh, I remember hearing that EP for the first time, and it was different. It was so different, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so, I think it just sounds like how Sam talks to me a little bit. It wasn't that weird to me when he's yeah. like saying like that. But uh, I mean, it is for a lot of people. I mean, even in Scotland, it does sound kind of like unique, I guess. Yeah, totally. Um, so then how you went from like the big supports, but still maybe not massive gigs for yourselves, apart from mm-hmm. maybe in Scotland. So how did it How did it then kick on? To um, be something well, we, bigger? we signed, so again, like, we kind of kept doing support tours and we're getting on like kind of festivals like on like the new band stage we did in like scotland and and like we did like download in uh england but it was like like the kind of new new band stage and yeah. it, we ended up getting a, some interest from record labels and got signed i think at like the very start of 2009 um and record with and basically went from there straight out to like South by Southwest for the uh, in 2009 and just kind of and then went straight from that to record like our first well it was actually like a mini album but we went to like LA and recorded that and from that we kind of got to the point in Scotland where we were playing I think on that we 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 played like the ABC so we were playing to like a thousand people we could play like to like a thousand people in Glasgow in kind of most of those cities but in, in england it was still like sitting at about maybe a hundred people at most right and, okay. uh, was that the, the, the varium album 
Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so like that got there, and then we got like another few. We got like a tour with Blink One Eight Two, which was like a big one, and then a tour with My Chemical Romance. So there was kind of again two like bigger tours. So we kind of like left the end of that album on a bit of a like, like we're still building momentum, and went and then we went off to record, and Ellie again recorded an album called Free which started to get picked up. It came out and started to get picked up on the radio. Yeah. On Radio 1. That was that, a class album, man. Yeah. It's still probably my favourite album if, I'm, if I was to, like, had to pick one. It's, like, the mo- it was the most fun to record and I feel like it was the one that Sam's songs, like, every everything, it just kind of, like, was the perfect album to write at, at that yeah. age. It feels, like, still youthful but, like, exciting and stuff like that. There was something... Like we could feel it when we were recording it that it felt like no, it was like the best album ever recorded, but we loved making it and it just felt like it could could do some stuff. And uh yeah, it, it just kind of started to get picked up on Radio One and that was the point like instantly when it started to get played on the radio, like in England, the gigs just started to get bigger, like kind of straight away. Like yeah. we went from playing to like a hundred people to like 300s and then yeah. like the next single got playlisted and then it would, would be played to like seven or 800s you know it was like going up it went up like really fast not like a so yeah it was kind of one of those weird things i think so would you would, was that album where the peak popularity like back like in the last like since you started to now maybe or i know um, you obviously are maybe bigger now than you've ever been because we are in the present but Oh right, yeah. Like, I don't in, know. In, I don't know how try to put that there, but well, in terms of the band growing, definitely. Yeah, we went, yeah, that's like, what I mean. Yeah, um, it it definitely was the point where like it felt like we were like a band that people knew in the UK rather than just in yeah. in Scotland, and that was the point where we actually no before that, but then we started going to Europe a lot, and we went to America a lot, and it felt like we became a bit of like a like we were kind of like going everywhere and like it was like in a constant cycle it felt like it was kind of like the next year was planned out and stuff like that so total um, full-time job yeah yeah like not yeah like very much so um but yeah that was a point where like it definitely went from like a very kind of gradual like incline upwards it definitely shot up um and probably hasn't it's definitely like from like basically the start of like two and three till the end of that album was like the quickest the band grew I think like because yeah. we we started doing honestly like a hundred people in a, quite a few English cities and ended up doing like three thousand in in most of, uh, like like kind of in most of them so it was crazy it was like a yeah like a like a like eighteen months like pretty big jump so uh, that yeah the band's like kind of maintained it since then but it's not like it's never like shot up at that speed since then yeah yeah so like how did you cope with that switching like lifestyle and touring and but and you know all the things that come with being in a really big band uh do you know again i i, I was i was dealing with it already like for me like i think there was always a lot more pressure on sam and stuff like that and i think it just comes with being a drummer like 
my job kind of stays the same regardless of the room because you're kind of just you have your drums in front of you and yeah. you could honestly be playing in like a garage or you're kind of protected by them so for me I, I, lo- I find it really exciting I liked I loved um I loved playing bigger gigs I loved traveling to, to anywhere I, the like I'd, I didn't mind being away from home so much like I found the excitement of of touring like enough like you'd miss yeah. family I'd, I'd really miss uh Kirsty my girlfriend stuff like that but the I was just getting so much out of like like for instance in America the gigs were really small but I would like be on stage being like holy shit man like it's like eight hours ahead and everyone in Scotland's like sleeping and I'm like <laughs> gang and it was like like a really bad gig but just I felt like the fact I, you're gigging there though is <laughs> totally. insane. you know it's insane I felt like I'd made it even though we were playing like to like 50 people and like Bend Oregon or something like that do you know what I mean it was like hey, that's more than what a lot of bands play <laughs> in their hometowns man so I wouldn't be played down about that but <laughs> yeah. so yeah I, I kind of I don't know, I think we all just kind of, uh, we kind of just got on with it and it all, it was just, it was, for me personally, I find it all just so exciting and just, I loved, like, I could, I've always just loved playing the drums, so it was like I got to do that more and got to go to loads of different places and do it, so it was, uh, it just felt quite exciting. Amazing, man. Um, were you always able to keep quite a sensible head on in terms of like, you know, if you're touring the whole world and you're able to live a certain lifestyle let's just say and you know i listen to a lot of podcasts with a lot of musicians and a lot of them are pretty fucked up with <laughs> yeah, yeah. substance abuse and all that and, and alcohol and stuff and um but obviously knowing you i know that that's not the case so um, <laughs> yeah. were you, were you find it hard or was it a bit mental for a time and then it uh, off or no, do you know what? I think like maybe it's not the coolest I know, but I always was like so terrified of playing like a bad gig. Like just personally, I just didn't want to like let myself down and stuff yeah. like that. So I always just was like never want. I like I played gigs. I, I've never really been mad, really into drugs or anything anyway. But like with alcohol, uh, I would never drink. Like if I knew I had to play like a gig the next day. Like I'd have like maybe a beat or two, but I would never yeah. get like wrecked because I was like, see if I played the gig the next day and didn't play well, I would just be like, ah, oh, fuck. If I just like not drank at it, like, do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, I started sure. to feel kind of like a little bit like responsible because even if there was twenty people there, it's like you don't want them to go away and be like, oh, that was just all right. You know what yeah, I mean? You yeah. like so, so we and to be fair, we're for the most part all of us are kind of like that like we've all we're not like self-destructive in that sense we all kind of there's definitely points like touring america got quite hard because it would be like three months at a time and there was chunks where like we did all right in some places but there'd be other cities where it really wasn't good and eventually that starts to be like why are we here do you know what i mean a little bit when you're like we could just go back home and do quite well and and, or like write music and stuff like that so but it never like kind of descended into like there was definitely points where people would drink a lot more and stuff like that but never to a point where you were like you had to like intervene and be like you need to get help like it was just more but you can see how it happens that was the one thing i would say like 
you can because there's so much time where you're not doing it like on tour yeah, you're basically yeah. waiting for nine o'clock at night to play a gig and yeah so you can see how like boredom can turn to be like i'll just start taking some stuff do you know what i mean well, especially like if you're not the singer because i think uh, you know yeah, if, you yeah, are, yeah. if you're a singer maybe you've got that thing where like you know i'm the singer i can't be off my head yeah or, you know yeah. i need i need to play solos on the guitar but you know <laughs> you're like if you're not if you don't feel or if you feel you could still play your instrument whilst under yeah, the influence yeah. it can spiral mm-hmm. obviously out of control and you hear, yeah, it, all, yeah. you hear it all the time you know that people totally. just fucking nuts on tour <laughs> and then they come home and it's like it's like depression because they've been partying yeah, yeah. and then they you know it just it's a bad i was talking about it to calm and he was on the podcast i was you know when i when i when i had done tours with the band um you know i always I always got a bit out of control, um, but we never got to that stage where it was like a job or anything like that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But for me, looking back, it's a blessing because if I ended up in a really big band, my life yeah, yeah. my life would have been chaos 100% and I wouldn't be sitting here doing this for you as a fitness mm-hmm. professional, put it out there. I think, um, yeah, I, think you, I think you would have made the most out of being in a band, but that's maybe not necessarily a good thing. No, it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't have been. It would have been the end. It would have been the end for me, dude. Like, yeah. I wouldn't have stopped. You know, I wouldn't have got sober if I was in a full-time band. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I would have. But, um, It'd be but, hard yeah, to... I think, like, it's good, though, because obviously you're going to get more longevity out of being mm-hmm. in a band if you can stay healthy and professional. Yeah, true. So, so you know, it's always it's always going to be better for your life performance <laughs> anyway, isn't it? That's true, man. That's true. I think um, I just like I think I just like playing. I think the part I like about being in a band is is the actual playing the drums for me. So that was that like I like the fact that the band's done all right, but. It's always just as long as I could play the drums, see if it was like if I can survive and play the drums. That's the only kind of things that actually mattered to me. So the all this stuff of being in a band, it does is kind of like never been something that's been that appealing to me. Like if anything, if I didn't have to think about any of the other like day to day stuff of being yeah. in a band and just got to play, that would probably be like my actual dream <laughs> job. <laughs> you know what man, that's so refreshing to hear because I think a lot the time being in a band, like how long like thirteen years you've been in Atlantic and you've been, you know, toured toured a lot of those years I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Um and it sucks to life with a lot of people. And <laughs> um, you know, I've I've listened to a lot of people who I love their band and stuff and I've maybe heard them talk and it's quite depressing because they, <laughs> they seem they just seem to fucking be sick of it basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um true. and it because obviously obviously being a band this in this day and age must be super hard because obviously people aren't buying CDs and stuff anymore and yeah know, it must be really hard to make ends meet. Um for a lot of bands but it's refreshing to hear someone say that they just want to play the drums and that that's the favorite part and yeah, i'm assuming yeah. i'm assuming you still get a get a kick out of playing gigs and touring and stuff yeah 100 percent. like I, I think what i feel quite lucky for is that i'm do it still doing it now in my 30s and i kind of still get the thing the same feeling out of it as i did when i was like 18 or 16 even playing in my, in my parents house on my own um, I think this, this maybe something to do with the drums as well. It's like really physical. Like I imagine guitar maybe is harder to get that if you're just doing the same songs. But with drums, it's like there's such like a physical element. So yeah, um, yeah, I still get that same feeling now. Like 
um, kind of regardless of like the size of the gig. Yeah, I mean, going going to play those like pop punk karaoke's and stuff for me, like <laughs> that's like one of the highlights in my year now because I just yeah, I just love playing music and I love people enjoying what I'm playing and like having a good time and. It's just such a buzz. It's obviously different for me because I don't play that much. So when I do play it, it's like, fuck, I've not played a gig in like six months. This is amazing. If you're playing every night, it's obviously different. But um, if anything, I enjoy gigging now more than I did 10 years ago. Do you know what I mean? No, because we came to like your, the charity fundraiser for your Ironman. Yeah, yeah. And you could you could tell, man. It's obviously just like I think that thing. Like uh, that's I've found that even in the gym with you, like music is such even in the gym is such a big thing for you. Yeah, it's not, it's not just like a separate thing. Like what you put on when we're in the gym and stuff like that is kind of like also a big part of it. You know what yeah, I mean? For so sure. um, for sure. I think it's like I think if you can still, I think a lot, the sad thing. I think at our age, a lot of people start to lose that thing from music that you maybe had in your teenager and I feel like you've definitely still got it like music's still this massive thing for you and for me personally as well and it's like I feel if you could if you keep that you kind of keep your use a little bit as well if you if you can just keep that kind of passion for music because it's just I don't know it's like quite a rewarding thing oh it's like part of the it's half of the process for me like like I talked about it with the running earlier, I, I would not enjoy running as much as I do if I wasn't listening to music. If I was just mm-hmm. listening to cars or, you know, the wind <laughs> going past my ears, I would not, you know, and I know some people are the opposite, but for me, the music is such a big thing. And like to, uh, today when I was working out, I had uh, I had music in and I was like jumping up and down, kind of <laughs> da- like dancing between between sets. And because I was so, I was hyper because I was having a fucking great time. Yeah, but, yeah. I was exercising and I was listening to one of my favorite bands and it just makes me so happy. I know. And I'm a big sap, you know, I like, I, I'm very emotional with music, especially like the, the, the emo and the pop punk <laughs> bands that I listen to because I haven't really grown up in that sense yet. And I know that a lot of people will think I'm an absolute fucking wank <laughs> when it comes to like the way I talk and post <laughs> and the, the type of music I, pro- I still listen to. But that's just who I am, and I ain't gonna fucking yeah, start. Yeah. I ain't gonna start listening to different music just to be, just to try and be cool, or like not to seem like a loser because I still listen to the used. Do you know what I mean? Like if that's what makes me happy, I'm gonna fucking listen to it. Do you know what I mean? No, hundred percent, man. If you can any, I think if you can get that out of any band, that's just such a special thing. You know what I mean? It's like, and I think that anyone that does get that in music, you just don't care what people think about yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like it's For like sure. if you. A lot of people get to this age and are just like, yeah, I don't even really listen to music anymore. And that was, <laughs> I find that just the most bizarre thing. Because yeah, yeah. like, you put on a song that you like, you like 10 years ago, you still like now, it honestly gives you that same feel. It is like, an, like yeah. a, a kind of just buzz. 100%. Man. I, was listening to, um, I was listening to the very first Taken Back Sunday album. Uh, last week and it was the first time I'd listened to it properly in a long time and it made me so happy man it made yeah, me yeah. so fucking happy I was so hyper I was like I, I picked up the guitar and I learned uh, a couple of the songs and jammed them out just because it was just oh man anyway. you, had it, you had it on in a, you had it on in one of the Zoom classes last week I did I did because yeah, yeah. no, I was I was thinking the same thing because I uh, that was I bought that album I went to New York with my dad when I was like 
17 or 16 and I bought that album uh, over there. <laughs> yes. uh, I remember thinking it was like the greatest thing I'd ever heard. So oh. I hadn't heard it, but when you had it on the other day, I was like, oh my God, man, this is it's like... so class. Yeah. Um, so we'll just, we'll just quickly go back to like where you were with the band. So um, after the second album, you obviously went massive, big jump. Um, what was it like after that? Was it just touring constant and making new records and videos and stuff? Yeah, yeah, like, but I think we did, like, with After Free, it was, uh, we struggled to to maybe know what to do after that, because you don't want to just, like, do something just to, because people liked it. It was quite we, a long time, was it not, in between the two albums? Yeah, yeah, it was. We, we, sp- we spent, like, we actually spent a whole summer in Wales on a farm. <laughs> like, it was a farm where, it's called Rockfield, it's where, uh, that's uh, where Queen recorded like Bohemian Rhapsody and stuff yes. like that. It was, it was amazing, but I think we just kind of got like a bit caught up in it and we spent three months recording and didn't finish it. <laughs> it was like we were having too much fun and maybe not knowing exactly what to do. So, but we eventually did record an album uh, called Great Divide, which actually has our biggest single on it, which is a song called Heart and Soul, um, which like actually is probably like. Stella's favorite song. It is. <laughs> but I mean, it, it was like it was like I mean, it wasn't like a hit, but it was like as close to we've had to having like a mainstream hit. It was like I think it was it was like in the top. It went in like the top twenty singles charts. Which That's amazing, was, man. Yeah, which is quite unheard of for, uh, for like rock music anyway. Yeah. In terms of singles, like not so much albums, but uh, yeah, it was like a kind of commercial peak for the band in terms of like that that uh we got to like doing that we could that played that song and that album we got up to do, like we could play like the hydro in glasgow and did like brixton academy and London stuff like that. so but then since then we've kind of just managed to maintain it but we've kind of changed our style quite a lot over the last like we've always kind of struggled to sit still so um we've uh yeah, we recorded an album called GLA, which was a lot more like abrasive. And then our last album, Power, which just came out, is a lot more electronic. So I think we're kind of just keep confusing people now, but we keep, <laughs> we keep coming back, which is good. But I think we're, uh, I don't think we make it easy on ourselves because we kind of keep get making fans and then they're like, oh, I don't like this. And then they, I don't know. So, <laughs> man, there's no, you know, there's no right and wrong. This is just my opinion, obviously. But there's no right and wrong whether a band chooses to go down a different route uh, as a style or they continue to knock out five albums of the same style. Um, yeah. I've got some, some of my favorite bands have got like five albums that sound very similar. And yeah, I, lo- yeah. I love them all because I just love that band and or mm-hmm. that you know that singer and the way they write songs. Uh, and there's some bands that write the same style five albums, and some of them I think are shit, and some of them <laughs> some of them I love. But then you've got some bands that totally drastically have changed their style, and I love all styles mm-hmm. of that yeah, band. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's just there's no right or wrong. It's but you got you got to do what's right for you guys ultimately. Are you? like to be, totally. in, to be to be happy in your job yeah do you know i think we've definitely taken the long road but i think i think we just would have got bored and kind of trying to like recreate free and stuff like that but yeah. uh, it would have maybe been commercially the smart thing to do but i think we were just we i think we would have just lost i think what keeps the band interesting is just like try to learn new stuff and uh 
trying to like I don't know challenge ourselves. So it was kind of always going to be it, that it was going to go. So so power just came out in January, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Just, how's it been? Like I know obviously coronavirus <laughs> has kind of changed, changed the world, but like how's it? How's the that been since it came out in terms of like your fans and stuff? Well, it was going really well. Uh, and the tour had sold out and stuff like that. So it was really exciting. But uh, we got halfway through the tour and had to cancel. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's got moved to October, but we'll see what happens there. I'm not yeah. like, I think it's still, I guess everyone's kind of like taking each day as it comes to know what's going to happen. So it was going, it was going great, but it's, um, I think it, there's just more important things to worry about at the moment. So we, we will we'll play the gigs for it eventually and stuff like that. But um yeah, it went down really like the the gigs that we did do were were great and Good. it felt like it was going somewhere really exciting. But and hopefully we can just kinda of continue that <laughs> in six months' time when we're allowed to. Yeah. It's you know, it must be such a a rough time for musicians when you yeah, can't yeah. we can't fucking do your job and <laughs> uh, you know getting pulled literally mid tour must have been pretty pretty devastating <laughs> on a new album man. God. it wasn't the best but it did feel like it felt like the right thing to do like we kind of stopped in before the actual lockdown got imposed just because it was starting to just feel a little bit it just started to feel like maybe we were being uh, what's the word uh, I know exactly what you're saying because <laughs> I was the same. I was in the gym taking clients. Lockdown hadn't been yeah a thing, yeah. but you were getting pressured into being like, "Why are you going to work still?" Exactly. And I'm like, because so. they make money, mate, and mm-hmm. you know we're not being told we can't. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to be responsible, but yeah, I was the same. I think that's I the word. I, I, we started to feel a little bit irresponsible in terms of like we wanted to do the gigs, but you're like. I think there was probably we were getting speaking to people like fans online. They were like, "Oh, I don't know whether to go to the gig or not." And it was yeah. just starting to feel like if we just if we just postpone them, then it doesn't give those people that worry. Do you know what I mean? So it kind of felt yeah. like we we've got the power to like do it when it's like safe, just like you were as well. It's like the gym will open again. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like there's maybe just like you don't want to like feel like you're I don't know like making people come because it's cause yeah it's good, you know what i mean yeah so. i mean it just yeah it just got to that point where i felt like um if i was posting anything on instagram about still being at work that people were like giving me shit or gonna give me <laughs> shit or like but it was such a hard thing to to decide to do because ultimately again you know we're both self-employed and uh yep if I don't if I don't go to the gym and train clients, I was like, I ain't gonna be able to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand, and I think we all underestimated the whole coronavirus thing at the start. Um, I, I certainly did. Um, I didn't realize didn't realize exactly how it was gonna go, but yeah, it just got to the point where I said on the Friday that that was that I'm gonna go online for the next week, and then on the Monday they announced the lockdown anyway. So um, <laughs> you feel like it's I kind of was. I was in a part of me was like relieved when they announced it as well because you kind of know yeah. you've done the, you've done the right thing, but it was I think we'd have stopped it anyway. But it's good to know that it wasn't like you'd done it and then you'd like you'd like moved all these gigs for now. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no, so going forward, have you got any goals in terms of like drumming? 
personally <laughs> like band what's or is it just kind of continue going with the band and see what you can do with a new album and write a new album and just see where it takes you yeah well i mean i think the good thing is I mean, everyone's kind of in the same boat but i think like sam will keep writing music and stuff like that so we'll be ready to i'm sure like with lots of bands you're never short of time in a bit like we would love to be out playing those gigs but we will get to eventually but it kind of just means you can, we're we can write more and have an, an, another maybe another album ready to go so you can like you don't have as much time between things for me it would be nice just to get to go and play the drums so that's yeah. my next thing is like is if i can go i think that will be like a big thing hopefully i'm hoping that within the next couple of weeks or next month that, that I'll, I'll be allowed to do that and that'll be a big thing but if i can do that like i'm I'm, I don't struggle to stay at home if I've got something to do. Like I loved traveling, um, but I'm I, I'm happy. Like see if I can play the drums, yeah, play guitar, like train with you, run and stuff like that. Like my life's really good. Um, Living your best life, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like and that that still gives me enough free time to like see my girlfriend. See yeah. friends. You know what I mean? Like I've. I've got it. I've got it pretty good. Like I can't really complain. So. Oh, um, you certainly like your pints at the weekend, Maggie. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. That's. I need the calories, man. Oh, that's that's easy, easy calories, man. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, dude, I forgot to ask. Like, what was the whole experience of like recording in LA? Like, I might, you know, you might turn around and say, "Oh, it was nothing special." I don't know. But for me, to like, if I was to be told I was going to LA to record an album, I would be like losing, <laughs> losing my shit. <laughs> no, it it was really special. Like. The first one, so the first time we recorded Vivarium there, which was, we were there for like three months. Oof. And at, at first, I remember not really getting why it was so great. But then it's just got like a vibe to it, like where you just, uh, you just, it just relaxes you. I think that's the thing, the whole pace of life there, because the weather's so good. Yeah. It never really feels like work. I'm actually surprised like people that live there, how they actually get any work done because the it's amazing for for music anyway like it's kind of like being in london there's just the whole music industry is there really and yeah. uh i loved it and then we've recorded a couple more albums there since it's just uh again it feels like an adventure and i think that's always kind of an exciting thing to do when you record an album if it being that far away from home it a focuses you because you don't you're not like going back to your house at the end of the day and it feels exciting because you're in this exciting place and it kind of makes you maybe step up to the challenge because you're like fuck this is like a big a big opportunity that a lot of people don't get to do so i think For sure uh, yeah i just I, i'd i mean i would love to live there but it's uh it's a little bit expensive oh, okay <laughs> uh, i remember being like 16, 17, 18 years old, and we used to go to a guy called Bonesy. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. <laughs> that happened, no. Doctor Bones, man. This guy was fucking something else. Like he had a he had like a house in the kind of middle of nowhere and uh, out near Sankar. Right. Uh, so we go off. You go off at Sankar train station, and then he would come and pick you up uh, and take you to his house. And there was this, this big house. And he had a studio in it. Uh, and just being this wee guy going out to record with your band for like four days. And just like, yeah. I loved that shit so much. Like, 
I'm just one of these, I've just always liked being away with my pals, like adventure, mm -hmm. you know, at the time getting pissed and having a laugh. And it was, an, it was, it was classed, man, because like you would, I just loved that thing of like creating music, recording music with your mates, mm -hmm. um, having a laugh, sitting about the wee room with each other, but yeah, one yeah. person's in recording and you're, it's exciting. And then at night you go and get drunk and uh, you wake up and you just do the same thing. And it's like, like it was amazing. Uh, yeah, the guy, the guy that fucking Bonesy, he was something else, man. He, uh, he used to get so fucked, man, and uh, <laughs> he used to fucking drive us to the pub, right? So the first, <laughs> the first time we went, Ross went, Ross went, asked Ross about Bonesy, man. He recorded right. with Bonesy a few times. Did he? Okay, cool. Um, so the first time we went, there was a pub at the end of where his house was, which fuck knows why, because it was like <laughs> near other houses, as far as I can remember. So we used to, he used to take us down there we used to, and then walk back. But then the next time went, the pub had shut down. So he used to drive us to the nearest next pub and he would get out his nut and then drive us, drive us back <laughs> at like midnight in the pitch black. Um, it was, it was ridiculous, man. Uh, but so, but so much fun. Uh, <laughs> That's as far Sankers as far as I went, I think. No, I went up to I went up to Bankery with Nick Scully a few times. Ah, nice. Yeah. I forgot you said That was a great experience as well. Again, it was yeah, just yeah. like in his house with your mates, having a drink, making music. Man, it was just a fucking great thing. I loved it. Uh, Nick Scully, he's a nice guy. Yeah, I've not heard from him in a long time. I think he's in Berlin or something. Last time I saw him was that wedding where uh, that we oh, were yeah, yeah, that was, that was the last. Yeah, that was the last time that I saw him. For sure, man. Um, okay, just before we go, what's been your favorite, like your top three favorite tours you've done? Uh, like not headline ones. Uh, yeah, let's go for like tours that you like big bands you've supported. Uh, we did a couple of Blink. The second Blink One Eight Two tour was uh, was amazing. Like the I, first one was good, but they it felt like they had just started being a band again. That was like yeah. just after they'd come back from like the kind of hiatus, and it felt like they were still kind of learning to like I don't know be a band again together. Yeah. Uh, but then we did a second tour with them uh, in two thousand and twelve, kind of at the point where Free was starting to do really well. Um, it was amazing. Like just I, I remember being at that show and just like watching you guys. And I'm like, fucking hell, they're supporting <laughs> Blink. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I can't believe it, man. It was more like the, the, the supporters we've been on supporting people. It's actually been more like watching bands that you liked. And I, I thought Blink on that tour were just like so good as well. They were, like they, they, they were just like, it felt like they were like playing at their peak. Uh, that Biffy tour that we did way at the start, that would definitely be in the top three just because it was a band we really looked up to and it was the first tour we'd done where it was like kind of bigger rooms and yeah. it was like the perfect crowd for us to play to. And I mean, I'll just, the, these these ones were just really good, but they're like, we did uh, the biggest shows we've actually done where we, we did like uh, some of Kings of Leon's stadium shows around the time that Heart and Soul came out and they were they were just really exciting just because they were just so like massive. They were yeah, like the, big, the biggest. It was like, so it was, uh, I think it was like three or four of, uh, three. We did like Milton Keynes Bowl and stuff like that with them. And it was more just like, 
the scale of them was just dead exciting. So, um, and I really like Kings Leon, and they were great as well. Great. So again, again, it's all been like bands that I've liked, I guess. So you get to like play a gig and then watch a band you really love. So uh, dream man, cool, yeah. So what about uh, playing? You guys have played like main stage festivals, obviously. Yeah. A lot, a lot. What What's that like? Is that Is that like Is it fun or is it stressful? Uh, no, it's really fun. It's like uh, it's kind of like not that, like the pressure's off, but you know that not everyone like you know that no one's probably come, like, no one's bought a ticket just to see you. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of amazing. It's like you probably play to more people than you would on a headline show. Because um, like people will come out along like just out of, out of curiosity, and they're just so fun. Like some probably some of our best shows have been festival shows, like the ones that we kind of still remember um, are 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 kind of like really memorable festival shows of yeah. Like you maybe didn't expect there to be that many people watching, or you just I don't know. I just, remember watching the YouTube videos from is it Leeds and Red last year. Yeah, yeah, so like massive. Yeah, like we've had some, like a f- a few times, um, Leeds and Reading, uh, especially we did we did like the the Radio One tent a few times, and those were like some of the ones that we just like. They're usually at the, towards the end, like they're because the tail end of the summer, so you you're kind of like all playing pretty well, and it was usually yeah. you're just like pretty well oiled. We had some pretty amazing experiences there like kind of ones that were like some of the best gigs we played and uh yeah i don't know like tea in the park when it was still going we we had a run of doing that like maybe six seven years in a row until it stopped and we we yeah. were always great. headline we didn't headline the main stage we headlined the the last tea in the park we did we headlined the enemy stage like the second stage and that was like the end of the great divide album campaign it was pretty special that was like a that was a big one it was really good man you've lived some life and you're still so young <laughs> i'm not that young i'm youngish oh we're young mate. we're young come <laughs> on come on <laughs> nah man like honestly it's so amazing like to 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 look at all or listen to all that stuff that you've done and the bands you've played with and the amount of people you've played in front of and uh so much respect, mate. Amazing. Yeah, no, it was, it was good fun. I've enjoyed yeah. it. No, it's class and appreciate you talking about it and um, taking your your time up at such a busy time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm snowed. Nah, I've, nah, I appreciate it. I appreciate got, you coming I've got, on, man. I've got another four calls after this one, man. <laughs> no, I'm not letting it in. And yeah. uh, now talking about the, the fitness side of things and stuff, man, because that's, that's as I say, it's not... Um, it's not that often that you'll maybe hear the other side of uh, what goes on in the gym outside of weight loss in terms of uh, gaining weight and stuff. So appreciate you opening up and talking about that shit. No, it's, it's, uh, I think for me, man, that's like a genuinely like a, a big thing for me now as well. So it's actually really nice to talk about it because I think it's something that I'll always have as part of my kind of as to help with my job as well so i think uh-huh. it's like uh it's something that's definitely like so what you're saying it. is i have made twin Atlantic better i think you've made them what they are <laughs> you know? without you they'd have stopped <laughs> without me you wouldn't have been able to keep playing gigs man you wouldn't <laughs> exactly. have had the strength <laughs> exactly wasted away <laughs> no dude thanks so much for coming on for a chat and hopefully see you in the gym soon <laughs> yes definitely right my man thank you
Cheers.